0: Two humorous nurses would like to acknowledge the true custodians of the land in which we record our podcast, the Yorta Yorta people.
1: We pay our respects to elders past and present and extend our respects to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders listening today. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. We are so excited for this episode to be sponsored by eNurse. eNurse is Australia's leading one-stop nurse shop. eNurse specialises in everything
0: a nurse or nursing student would need to survive. From comfortable, stylish and keep you cool under pressure elite hair scrubs to handheld study guides, nursing equipment and even a travel coffee mug for those long commutes. eNurse will be your new favourite online shop for all things nursing. Head to www.enurse.com.au and use our code Nurses for a cheeky discount. Two Humorous Nurses with Kelly and Alicia. The podcast that wouldn't last a day in jail. Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I know, come back to that. (laughs) Welcome to Two Humorous Nurses where we plan to bring you funny, informal, conversational chat about all things nursing. Well, sorry about that typo, that really Mm, threw you off there, didn't it? I I was
1: like,
0: should I say it? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Anyway. Um, Well... It's that time again. Nurses, kill. We love. (laughs) (laughs) We Um, love to hate them. So good, so good. It's been so long, as we've discovered. Yeah, but I guess
0: we did the scarred for life in there, which is a similar kind of.
1: They're deep dives. They're not the same.
0: Well, yeah, I suppose.
1: Um, What kind, caring killer? Have you got for us today? I've got.
0: This is like a classic American name, Orville. <laughs> His name's <is> Orville, <laughs> Lynn Majors,
1: Orville Majors, Orville. That is a serial killer name, Orville Lynn
0: Majors. I think he went by Lynn, which is even worse. <laughs> but
1: I love Orville.
0: Yeah, mm, we're gonna call my baby Orville Sounds like Beavis. something
1: from like um, a sci-fi movie.
0: Well, yeah. Have you seen the Orville, the show? Oh, with, um Seth no. MacFarlane. Sci-fi, I hate sci-fi. Oh, I love sci-fi. it's anyway, too much for Anyway, this is a me. sci-fi comedy, The Orville. Anyway, it's really good. Okay. Love that. Um, he was born in 1961 in Linton, Indiana, and he took care of his elderly grandmother as a teen. He's a real carer. Oh, and that experience led him to go into nursing, apparently. Um, he graduated from Nashville Memorial School of Practical Nursing. Do you love these schools? I went to La Trobe. I went to Curtin University. <laughs> In 1989, and he took a job at Vermillion County Hospital in Clinton. Um, He briefly took a higher-paying job in Tennessee, but he came back to VCH in 93. Okay? You with me? Sure. So he was there, went away, came back in 93. So he starts working in 93. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but your cat is, like, stalking a magpie, and then
1: your dog was like, oh, a magpie, ran, and, like, almost hit the fence. (laughs) I could just see your face doing this. Yeah, it was funny. Your cat's like at the window, like full stalking it, and then your dog's like, yes. Right. Sorry. Back to the killer, from one killer to another. So
0: the year before he came back, so the year of like um, 92, 93, the hospital um, where – well, in the – yeah, in the hospital, in that year only about 26 patients died, okay? Yeah. So in the year before he gets there. It's a 56-bed hospital and it's a four-bed ICU. Yep. Okay. Uh, In the first 12 months of his employment there, nearly one in three patients admitted died. One in three. So while most of the patients were elderly, some of them were dying of arrhythmias post-respiratory arrest and then others suffered sudden sudden deterioration when they'd otherwise been healthy. Mm. So um, in 95 the director of the ICU, Dawn Sterrick. So he must have been there towards the end of 93. Towards the end of 94, they'd seen this huge, like dramatic increase in their death rate. Forgive my breathlessness. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the ICU coordinator was like, there's something so wrong with whatever's happening here. So she did her own study. Like this is off her own volition. She was like, I need to figure out what's going on here. Which um, eventually when this all went to trial, they referred to this as the steric study because she had been so comprehensive oh. in her data. Um, she calculated the average death rates for every single one of her colleagues in the ICU. So I think she'd, she'd exhausted like, you know, anything connecting these patients, it wasn't yeah. the doctors, it wasn't, you know, whatever, and then decided she was going to look at, well, we only have a four-bed ICU. Let's have a look who at the was death rate. Yeah, let's have yeah. a look at who was nursing them. So she compared the death rate from 94 to the previous four years and found that the years previous had varied from 24 to 31 deaths per year on average, yep. with a similar number of admissions per year. So um, between 324 admissions to 394 admissions. And so I think
1: you'll find that's what about 10 percent.
0: Uh, yeah, between sort of eight, yeah. must be between eight and 10%. Yeah. And
1: I reckon you'll find that's pretty average. Like our hospital would average, I reckon, about that death per year. Yeah,
0: And I mean, we have, and we have palliative facilities and stuff too. Yeah, that's right. And so I guess, I don't know what the rest of the hospital did, but that was, um, I don't know. This was just the ICU. I'm okay, pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. So in 1994, so soon after he returned to um, Major's return to VCH, the number of deaths increased to 101. So that's almost a third of their admissions Jesus. dying. She was able to determine that one ICU nurse was uniquely and very strongly associated with that mortality rate. No other service or service provider shows any association that even approximates in magnitude of that of this nurse. So there was no other way. There was nobody else that even came close to that amount of deaths on their um,
1: yep. on their
0: on the report so she finds she looks at her data and she's like holy shit like we've got a nurse who's probably killing people who's definitely killing people and she brings it to hospital officials and they contact their lawyers and then the local police around March 8th 95 so I'm assuming he's been there for like a year and a half at this point um then that hospital suspends him straight away yeah and so then he goes and opens a pet shop (laughs) <laughs> and it gets, it gets... I understand that transition.
1: Mm, no. Uh, I mean, I would. <laughs> yeah, <I'm not>. <laughs> true.
0: <laughs> so then a huge investigation takes place. And this, I can't... I cannot actually believe how much went into this, which I'm so glad it did because, like, it's incredible. Finally they got it right. They, intensivists, toxicologists, forensic pathologists, cardiac pathologists, and then some, like, electrophysiologists. Like, they mm. had literally had... So, 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 so many people involved in in trying to make sure that they put yeah. him away forever um and this investigation they refer to as the lamb study, and the results analyzed the hours that he worked and the likelihood a patient would die during his shift and like this is it it's just so crazy, I mean they must have taken it super super seriously. Mm. So for September in 94, there were 12 deaths in the ICU and Majors was working for every single one of these deaths. So they analysed every month that he'd worked. A person died every 15.27 hours that he worked. Fucking hell. So he was killing somebody every shift and a half. Like maybe if he didn't kill someone today, he was definitely going to do it tomorrow. And he worked full time. Wow. Uh, crazy when majors was on duty there was an average of one death every 23 hours or almost one death per day so that was the average so the one i said before about 15.27 hours was just for the september but over the whole period of his employment there um one death every 23 hours or almost one death per day a pattern and that held whether he worked on weekdays or weekends and when he was off duty the death rate dropped to one every 23 days Oh. So you'd go on holidays and no one would die. Oh. They also determined that a patient at VCH was forty-two times more likely to die oh. when he was on duty. Is that terrifying?
1: That's like literally fifty-fifty, pretty much. Like oh, amazing! I've have got a like. bit of a
0: chance to get out. So, um, he adamantly denied wrongdoing. Yeah, they always. To. He, while running the pet shop in his hometown of Linton, he hired a lawyer and started making rounds of talk, talk shows to proclaim his innocence. So like. <laughs> I think it's so funny. This is classic, classic serial killer, like trying to get attention. Narcissistic vibes. Um, Prosecutors and the state police believe from the beginning that Majors was a killer, but they couldn't prove how he killed them. Like they still couldn't figure it out. Mm. Um, After Majors began his public relations offensive, (laughs) um, heaps of the relatives of patients who died at VCH called the state police and then reported suspicious behaviour. So they see him on TV acting like a freaking lunatic and they're like, hang on. He was mum's nurse. Oh, and she and, died. And she died. And he was behaving really strangely, or why whatever. Why wouldn't you? Why? Why wait? Why like wait until somebody dies not, to say something?
1: That, no, but like that did not make sense for him to go on TV. Now no. everybody sees him. Like his yeah. public defense offensive, or whatever he called it. Yeah, was it? public public, public relation offensive. <laughs> Honestly, it, it of course that's going to backfire. If you're being accused of murdering all these people. Go hide? Yeah. Like or, or like, laylo so Like you don't want me. Be quiet. Yeah. But is uh, is he white? Uh yeah. <laughs> okay. It's just a white man. Just but how could I white. kill people? Mm. I'm a
0: nurse mm. who loves animals. And I looked after my grandma when she was dying. Oh, I pro- oh. He probably killed her. <laughs>
1: And then he thought, how can I kill more?
0: I'll become a nurse. Got a taste for it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, Ted Bundy killed his first at 18 or something. Oh, no, Jeffrey Dahmer, he was 18 when he first killed someone. Anyway. um, So then, yeah, so they recalled that their loved ones had coded or died within minutes of majors giving them injections, in some Mm. cases before he had even left the room. So the investigators um, are still collecting evidence at this point. They called in an electrophysiologist to analyse the ECGs of patients who died and after exhuming 15 bodies of patients who showed similar arrhythmias, they were able to confirm that they'd been poisoned and consequently murdered. So Mm, um, then a former roommate recalled seeing potassium chloride and epinephrine oh. vials in their house and police obtained a search warrant and discovered numerous vials that could be traced back to the hospital. How'd you live with this guy? Um, <laughs> it's like, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer's, like, people that live in across the road. are like, <laughs> Jeffrey, what's going on with your fridge?
1: Smell stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but these guys would be like, what's with all the these drugs? Have a sandwich, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, The Indiana State Nursing Board suspended Majors Licence for five years after it had determined he'd exceeded his authority by giving emergency drugs without a doctor's prescription and then VCH fired him. So he technically was still registered. Like Mm. he could have probably still worked. He was just... um, He was suspended. He was just suspended from VCH. So he could have gone and worked as a nurse Mm. but for whatever reason chose not to. And then once they'd found those vials um, and they... Had basically been able to prove it. He, that he was just waiting. So to potassium go to court. and adrenaline. Potassium and yeah, yeah. So, in an affidavit presented by the prosecutors, the state police said that one woman had told him that she saw Majors give her mother an injection, and this is where it gets fucking creepy. Majors kissed her on the <gasps> forehead, brushed her hair back, and said, "It's going to be all right, pumpkin. Everything's going to be all right now." The detective said in the statement. Within sixty seconds, the patient rolled her eyes back and died. Oh, fucked! So it was a two-year investigation, and he was arrested in December '97. So he's oh, he had a few years out there. Yeah, it took them ages to be able to prove oh, anything. His I guess ketchup was very successful. <laughs> I guess digging up dead bodies takes a long time. Well, this is true. Um, he was charged with seven murders, so they believe he killed from a mm. hundred to a hundred and thirty people. Yeah. But they chose to focus only on seven because they didn't want to overwhelm that's the it, jury. That's enough. And they, yeah. So they called seventy-nine witnesses. They didn't want to overwhelm the jury, but they called seventy-nine <laughs> witnesses um, to his trial in '99. So he wasn't arrested until '97, oh. and then didn't go to trial well, until '99. Well, takes 99. a long time, doesn't it, yeah, to go get to seventy-nine trial. witnesses together? Yeah. Some of the witness testified that he'd hated elderly people and that he believed that they, and this is in quotes, should be gassed. Creepy. He was convicted on October 17 for six murders. The jury deadlocked on the 7th because a victim had taken longer to die than the others. Um, Okay. And he was sentenced to, this is why I love America, six consecutive terms of 60 years, the maximum possible penalty under Indiana state law at the time, which virtually... Uh, so born in 70,
1: born in 61,
0: and it was now 99. 30 something, yeah, yeah. Um, so and then just wait. So he, this is like this story has like the perfect amount of irony. Like, Mm. anyway, love that. So, uh, six consecutive terms of six years, which was the maximum possible penalty. Um, and that virtually assured that he would die in prison. So the yep. the presiding judge described Major's crimes as diabolical acts and a parallel of evil at its most wicked. And he concluded that the maximum sentence is the minimum sentence in this case. So then the hospital VCH, <laughs> they then fail like all their accreditation. Like they get in big trouble. They get um, they well they rename the hospital because oh, that <laughs> always works. Branding it <laughs> to West Central Community Hospital. So um. Then they get served with wrongful death suits by the families of 80 patients. Oh! Yeah. And most of them settled the suits and were compensated by a state patients fund. So state patients fund, in my mind, means, like, government money. Yeah. Yeah, because the hospital the, sub, the hospital was subsequently fined $80,000 for negligence, oh. negligence, big fucking deal. Yeah. And forced to shut down for losing its accreditation. I wonder if he's giving potassium and epinephrine... And it took a year before somebody noticed that shit was going down. Like, were there no audits in process of... It's of, the 70s. No, it's the 90s. Well,
1: even the 90s. Like, we didn't used to have to sign... I suppose. Like, in 2000, it was
0: But it was wouldn't still, it whoever's ordering the potassium going, geez, lots of people must be potassium deficient this Do you not remember
1: when there was, like, potassium on the wards? Like, you could just go and get, get ampules, Yeah. And it was just stored in the thing. Like, there was not, like, today where you, your potassium comes pre-bagged. So you can't just give like you don't have potassium ampules just laying around a hospital I much these days. I think back then it wasn't things weren't locked away. There were no registers. I guess. They probably just came in and stocked. I mean, I worked in a little country hospital, and I don't know the pharmacist one day who come from another place to like stock our little tiny pharmacy said, "Do you have anyone on this drug?" And like one of the nurses had been getting her blood pressure tablets out of our impressed, oh. we literally didn't have anybody <laughs> on that drug. Like ah. we had six aged care patients, oh my like, God. and we were like, oh, so she was like, mm, no, you can just order that when you need it. Like it was mm. just a random, like you know. And I guess these things do take time to to mon- maybe I they guess. just aren't. It, it I was guess. the seventies. It's then, different. I guess. Yeah? It's yeah. the nineties. You keep saying seventies nineties.
0: Yeah, sorry. So, um. Then the hospital was briefly forced to shut down for losing its accreditation. By 2009, it had been taken over by Union Hospital and renamed Union Hospital Clinton. (laughs) Anyway. I don't reckon they got enough of a slap on the wrist. Oh, God, no. 80 grand is nothing for a massive It's like one one nurse's wage. So then Majors decides he's going to appeal. (laughs) So... He appealed in 2002, and it, they let the um, the Supreme Court let the verdict stand. They weren't interested in no, um, his appeal. <laughs> he served his sentence at Indiana State Prison in Michigan City, and then on September 24, 2017, he was arguing with a um, correctional officer and then died of heart failure. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like so sad. Well, interesting because that was probably what he inflicted on all of his patients and then he died. Yep. So, yeah. Unfortunately, he didn't serve his whole sentence and he didn't die of old age in prison. He died of heart failure. But I'm um, interesting I was I read because you try and find credible resources for these. Yeah, things, of right? course, yeah. And I usually just look at like the the transcripts from court or like the prosecution summary and things like that. And um and I found like one which must have been like a, not a fan website, but like a fiction, like I don't know. Like oh, a, yeah. Like a, I don't know, just a website yeah. that somebody's made. And they were saying that they'd interviewed people that worked at the prison when Majors was there. Yeah. And that one person like um, resigned because of him, because of how uncomfortable. He made her, Ah. and like just the look in his eyes was so eerie. Yeah, and the way that he had this like ability to be super charismatic, and then he was a different person when he didn't want something. Super narcissistic Mm, psychopath. And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) I want to take that with a grain of salt because that could just be made up. But um, yeah, I thought that was Mm. interesting. But I
1: feel like you don't, you know, you don't, you're not involved in over a hundred deaths and not be affected. Imagine if you had someone die every shift that you ever worked, even if like if you weren't the person killing them, that has to affect you. Even as a nurse, like death is part of our job, but not every single shift. Yeah. Not
0: every single shift. Yeah, absolutely.
1: What do you reckon the three must-haves for an average nurse killer?
0: Um, Well, I'd want a stethoscope to pretend to be looking for their heartbeat. (laughs) A decent set of elite care scrubs that have plenty of pockets you know, for all my weapons (laughs) and can be hot washed (laughs) to wash out any bodily fluids. Also, I want 100% cotton so that I'm cool and calm under the pressure of killing people. I bet they're sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) And the nursemate's ultimate nursing bag to carry home those (laughs) soonies.
1: Well, I mean, I wouldn't know what you'd need, but you definitely could head to eNurse to get all of those must have items plus so much more at eNurse they take pride in their holistic approach to nursing they don't just sell equipment and scrubs they support professional and personal needs of individual nurses even nurse killers apparently (laughs) (laughs) they're all about making nurses lives better both at home and at work they are like your trusty sidekick always there to brighten
0: your day and offer a helping hand so head to www.enurse.com.au and use our code HumorousNurses for 10% off at the checkout. Enurse. I love our nurses.
1: Orville. Orville. Orv- Orville. Orville was... Uh, he He would have got away with it way longer if he hadn't gone on to bloody TV. TV.
0: Well, or even just maybe didn't kill so often. Like True. <laughs> I not, think not like every you've tripled you the death rate. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Keep it low. Build it, it steady. <laughs> this is like going to Right, well. You, you know that TV show, what is it? Um, it? Is it How to Catch a Serial Killer? Yeah.
1: I haven't no. watched it. No,
0: it's like How to Get Away with Murder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we could totally start yeah. that show. <laughs> um, so my killers
1: are the, like we're dubbed the lethal lovers.
0: Oh, God, like Bonnie and Clyde.
1: Yeah. Um. And I don't know if you watch American Horror Story. I absolutely no. do not. But there's an episode based on these nurses oh, in season six. Geez. Yeah. So <clears throat> we have Gwen Graham and Kathy Wood. Oh, okay. Gwen Graham was born in 1963 in California. However, she grew up in Tyler, Texas. Um, she's quiet and respectful to her teachers, but they described her as always having a sad look on her face. Oh. In later years, she claimed the sadness was due to sexual assault by her father. There's oh. always a backstory. Jesus. Um, There's very minimal info out there about these guys' back life Um, and definitely about Kathy. I couldn't find much about her at all, but she was born in 1962 in Washington. Um, She was uh, divorced and had an eight-year-old daughter at the time of her arrest. Mm. The daughter comes into play quite a lot, actually, at the end. The two ladies met in 1986 at the Alpine Manor Nursing Home in Walker, Michigan. Where they both worked as nurses aides, they became fast friends and eventually lovers. Hmm. Kathy was wed as a teenager and grew to 150 pounds. Sorry, Kathy was wed as a teenager and grew to 450 pounds through her seven-year marriage. Um, and her daughter has recently claimed in podcasts that her father was very abusive. Gosh, so it was likely quite a difficult marriage. She divorced her husband and was very lonely and isolated. Um, she gained employment at Alpine Manor and was soon promoted um, through to supervisor of the nurses' aides. She was very well mm, liked. Yeah. She met Gwen, and their friendship quickly crossed the line into an lesbian affair. Mm. Uh, would or Kathy dieted and lost the weight, uh, and relished in the social well of gay bars, parties, and casual sex. Oh yeah, she really found herself. Right yeah. <laughs> She was devoted to Gwen and in late 1986 the pair pledged undying love to one another in the most gruesome of ways. Gwen broached the subject of premeditated murder in October of 1986 and Kathy just thought they were playing. They thought it was like a bit of a sex game. They did do a lot of like – um
0: like
1: S and Yeah, so a lot of choking and tying right. and things like that. Um, and it often verged on dangerous and Kathy often passed out oh. during these uh oh, sexual encounters. So she just thought talking about murdering someone was just was part of the of game. The like play. she didn't right. she claimed she didn't take too much of it right. as like serious. Oh my god, I can't stuff. wait to see where this is going. <laughs> Um, The homicides began in January of 1987 with what they called the murder game. They had planned to murder victims with the initials to spell out the word murder. (laughs) I just, when I read that, I was like, well, if you're going to kill, we might as well make it a game. (laughs) (laughs) When they couldn't spell out murder because uh, some people didn't die – they started to um, count each murder as a day and they would say to each other, I will love you forever and a day. During the trial, a poem that Kathy wrote for Gwen concluded with the you'll be mine forever and five days. So despite a lot of their bungled efforts <laughs> because they so weren't very happened? good at killing, there were no complaints on the file from Alpine Mounted Lodge. And both Kathy and uh, Gwen had exemplary reports from management and were really well liked by all the patients. So did they try and kill their patients? Yeah. Oh. Okay. And so they're charged, or their claim is that they've killed at least five, but there's they say more. But the poem that, um, like Kathy wrote, was yep. like "You'll be mine forever in five days." So they've all clung to this five days okay. being each day is a murder yes. because that's how they pledge their love.
0: Do you have any proof of? Do they have any proof <laughs> of the victims?
1: Um, Yeah, so there is. So after the first failed attempt, Gwen decided to only choose women who were too far gone for self-defence. Oh, fucking hell. (laughs) Kathy would stand guard watching both the murder and the nurse's station and if anyone approached, she would, like, put them off on – because they were just doing it on their shifts, like. What? Gwen would use a washcloth um, over the nose and the mouth of the victim. Didn't – no drugs, nothing, just what? smothered them to kill them. So no wonder people fought back. Like that's yeah, not – you're not disarming anyone. So
0: if you're going to – this
1: is crazy. I know. These guys have not thought anything out. Yeah. It's like
0: they just – Maybe she gets off – well, obviously well, she does. Because, says yeah. sometimes
1: the sheer excitement of the kill would have them sneaking off to an empty room to have sex while the memories were still fresh.
0: Wow.
1: Gwen often kept souvenirs, probably in an e-nurse backpack.
0: That's fucking horrifying.
1: <laughs> an anklet – a handkerchief, a brooch, and a set of dentures were all found. Oh no! <laughs> dentures. <laughs> what? Oh, I hated touching dentures just to clean them for people. <clears throat> well, and keep them. Can you have to be like, what are we going to take? What okay, we'll get? These
0: dentures are in yeah. this cup. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: um, God. the lethal love is really. F- thrived on the danger of the kills. Um, They even boasted a body count to a colleague who just dismissed the comments as sick jokes. At least three colleagues saw the souvenirs on the shelf in their home, but none of them took any of the gloating tales that both Gwen and Kathy said as serious, like, statements. So they were, like, openly talking about it. No one – I mean, we openly joke about it too, but, like, we've literally never killed anyone. Like (laughs) – I'm
0: pretty sure none of but our listeners I'm are thinking, like, Mm-mm. like. If I went to work tomorrow and I was like, I don't know, if you make a flippant comment about killing someone, I don't think people would take it seriously. No, and obviously they're not—they're not
1: weird enough for people to be like, oh, uh-huh. like they're just—it's just enough. They obviously have just enough personality to not make them look like psychopathic killers. serial killers. In April of 19... 19- because they're not white men. No, yeah. that's exactly right. In um, April of uh, 1987, just four months later, the honeymoon was over. Kathy balked at having to kill anyone to prove her love and was transferred to a different shift. Oh. Gwen had started to spend time with another woman who ended up leaving with Gwen to go back home to Texas, leaving Kathy alone. Oh. In August of 1987, Kathy told her ex-husband of the killings. He took another fourteen months to tell the police, according to their daughter, she believes he was trying to keep the family together, but Kathy didn't want to rekindle the marriage, and that's when he went to the police. Uh. yeah, an article I read said that Kathy told her ex-husband because she was worried about Gwen and that she might harm the children that she was working for uh. with the um at the Mother Francis Hospital in Tyler. Uh, Kathy said when she was killing people at Alpine Motor. Alpine Manor I didn't do anything that was bad enough but when she would call me and say how much she wanted to smash a baby I had to stop her somehow I knew she was working in a hospital there and she said she wanted to take one of the babies and smash it up against the window I had to do something I didn't care about myself anymore oh
0: my god
1: so she is somewhere in there she's like quite a good person and she was like conned into these killings because she was like so infatuated with Glenn yeah. Gwen yeah. and then Gwen's left and but they were still in a lot of conversation they still talked all the time oh, even though she'd, she'd left, left and, with this other woman so the police were skeptical of Kenwood's um, the, her husband's story at first the hospital did some investigating and in the first quarter of 1987 forty patients died in this um nursing home all listed as natural causes but on reflection eight cases stand out three of those were eliminated by detectives but five patients ended up on the victim list um there was no scientific evidence of murder but the state of kathy's um statement of kathy's ex-husband and the second like second thoughts of all the staffers around were strong enough to make a case so all the nurses and everyone that was interviewed was like oh that that is weird yeah they shouldn't have Actually died. Yeah. So And because they didn't use any drugs or anything like that, yeah. it's hard to... To track it. Yeah. yeah. Um. But that number of deaths was very that unusual.
0: That first one.
1: Yeah. No one made any reports. Multiple... They tried multiple times before they actually killed someone and no one made any complaints. What? None of the people made complaints. And all the patients still loved them. Like there was no... They had no... How random, isn't it? That's bizarre. The women were arrested in December 1988... And in September 1989, Kathy pled guilty to charges of second-degree murder and was sentenced to 20 to 40 years in prison. Um, in return for leniency, she took the stand against Gwen and three months later. Aside from the five murders, it's alleged that they attempted to murder at least five others – Gwen was convicted on five counts of first degree murder and one count of conspiracy to commit first degree murder, and she was sentenced to six life terms without possibility of parole. Right? They really go hard they in do. like Good. Texas. Yeah, they yeah. In 2005, Kathy was eligible for parole. She'd been denied eight times between 2005 and 2018, but in 2018 she was deemed no longer a menace to society and had had accepted responsibility for her crimes. In 2019, the victim families appealed against her release. However, the judge ruled that she could be released. In 2020, Kathy was released from prison and moved to a family in South Carolina. Gwen remains in prison serving life sentences with no parole. There are two different theories. First theory is that Gwen manipulated Kathy into doing everything, Mm -hmm. that Gwen was the master Mm -hmm. of this murderous plot Mm -hmm. and then there is somebody else and i read this amazing article that was like "Mm -mm." like made me like okay double take so there's another theory that claimed that kathy was the master manipulator she was the one calling the shops and manipulating gwen into the murders and even having done them herself but framing gwen as revenge for leaving her for another woman so family members describe kathy as coercive Seductive and a pathological liar who delighted in wreaking havoc in lives of others—a very difficult person, to the a very different person to the one on the stand as a key witness in Gwen's trial.
0: Well, I mean. How does anybody really know what she was like, considering she was in a very unhappy, abusive marriage? That's right. Yeah. And obviously enough for her to gain like a significant amount, amount of weight. weight and be really, really miserable. Yeah. To get out and then change her life like completely, like a huge one eighty, go
1: from like yeah. house, especially in the eighties. Yeah. Like it would have been really hard to yeah. do that. Yeah. And in, to have a daughter and in then Texas where they were. They were in Michigan, weren't they? Yes. Yeah, and she. Also, um, the daughter has come out onto, on a couple of podcasts and has said that her mum, she she has a very difficult relationship yeah, with her mum, that she would like to try. This was before she was released from prison. She would like to try and have a relationship, but her mother is very narcissistic. Mm. And so whether she's feeding that narrative yeah. as well.
0: Yeah. Um, I think but, it's easy to come up with a theory that, that Kathy's the manipulator because I think I mean yeah, there's two sides to every story, absolutely. And Kathy's the one running that
1: narrative too. Gwen yes. hasn't had a chance to say well, anything. Well, it's going to she say I wonder like, what Gwen's, Gwen's saying. saying the story she's going to hurt babies. Gwen's mm. the one that did the killing and, and made me watch they out for my had love.
0: No um, hard evidence. Yeah, exactly. Like like Only they the story Who killed them? And it's just mm. the nurses
1: saying those two were like like joined because at the hip these, the whole yeah. time because they worked all the shifts together. Like, And Kathy was the one doing the rostering because mm. she was the supervisor of the mm. nurse's
0: aid. Like she was the one in power. I wonder if the, um, that other nursing staff corroborated the story of Kathy standing in the doorway. Because yeah, that would, that that would might be trigger
1: memory. But even then like Kathy could have made Gwen do it. It mm. doesn't mean that Gwen, whether Kathy, cause Kathy said she didn't want to actually kill.
0: And also Kathy had power. Correct. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, some of the victims' families sued the nursing home for employing dangerous and unbalanced employees. I <laughs> love the litigiousness of <laughs> America. Um Alpine Manor surprisingly has gone out of business. Oh, and another nursing home has taken over the facilities and yep. is running. But Alpine Manor didn't get to have a name change. It just went.
0: It kaput. just disappeared. Yeah. Wow.
1: It's a good story. Very dramatic. I just don't get like I don't. I just don't get them. I don't. I don't get it. But I, I, there's a little part of me that sort of is like,
0: I'd like to get Gwen sign. Uh yeah. Because
1: mm. like when I read the, because sort of everything you read is like Gwen was doing it, Gwen was yes. forcing it. But then I was like, that is all from Kathy's perspective because she's the only one that's ever
0: talked. Is Gwen still alive? <clears throat> yeah, she's in prison. Should we contact her? See if we can <laughs> interview her. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just really want to know her side of things because like obviously it's come out like, oh yeah, um Gwen started making jokes about killing someone, did she? Like I know. And what like Yeah Mm. And cheers. the Um the art uh, the article that, that I read. Gwen that was, was like, the experienced lesbian. I don't I don't know. Wow.
1: Well, you know, these lesbians are dangerous. <laughs>
0: Not? I mean <laughs> I just honestly yeah. funny.
1: but I um, imagine being turned on by killing someone, though, and then nicking off to have sex in the storeroom. Like, I no. couldn't even imagine having sex in a storeroom. My storeroom is so hot. I'm trying <laughs> to rectify. <it>. I'd sweat <laughs> to a pool of bloody.
0: <laughs> I oh no, nah. it's the furthest thing from a turn on. Fuck, nothing <laughs> like a bit of murder to make your day better. <laughs> I'm, I really, I'm always blown away, and I always, I always try and like compare them to like people you work where with. we work or like how like I was trying, trying to try and make them feel a bit more realistic because when we talk about them we laugh and we joke and we say oh, how ridiculous they are yeah but I do think sometimes like you know um trying to put it into the context of where you work yeah and thinking about like is there anything has there been anything weird that's happened at my work or like yeah you know any straight white men? <laughs> Actually, no, um, like my guy. I don't know. Didn't he come out as bisexual? You, they, I was researching a few of them, a few different ones, and often they – um. Often I they think
1: they have like really low – I think those really true psychopaths just have very low – Connection. Um, no, low uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Low um, impulse control. Yeah. So I, I would feel like their sexual – Desires would be way different to just like your average Joe That's Blow. True. Yeah. Like, I unless if there's
0: been studies into that. About like, I'm like, surely <laughs> their
1: frontal lobes fucked up enough that they just. It's like when you work on a neuro ward and everyone's got front brain, frontal injuries, and someone will just come up to you and be like, because I don't know. They've got no way to stop themselves. And yeah, you're yeah. like, wow. Okay. Or they just, you know, they do things that. If they knew, if they were well and their frontal lobe was working, they would be horrified to think they just tried yeah. to jack off in front of you or yeah, yeah, yeah. that they just ran up to your face and, like, screamed at you and you're like – I remember the first time I worked on there, I was only a new nurse because I was doing some agency and I was like, what is this? Mm. What What is this ward? Mm. Like – I can't do this. And the nurses are like, they don't know what they're doing and you imagine you how they would feel yeah. if you if they were well. And if and they, they were aware. Yeah, yeah, she's like, this isn't about you. Yeah, And I was like, yeah, but it's still super confronting. Yeah, so absolutely. I wonder if like some of these like true blue psychos. Especially
0: when they've been, you know, I feel like when people have been like, um, abused. abused as children, of course. Trauma like response breaks them. Oh. It like breaks their brain. Like and some most, people, not everybody. No, but I think, right. like you know, you look at. I watched that show. Um, I'm a killer. Did you ever mm. watch that? And like one guy was telling a story and about how. He was so, so badly abused as a child. And then he finally gets adopted by this man who, you know, promises him this incredible life. And then that man slowly starts to sexually abuse him until oh. he's being like basically just a rape puppet yeah. as an eight year old boy. A rape Jesus and gross. like, you know, and then this guy ends up killing his grandparents. And he's mm. like, he, you know, and you, you just see this little boy. You just yeah. see this little innocent little boy. Yeah. And you think there's a reason that you're broken. Yeah, and, exactly. And then you wonder, like, you know, I'm sure there have been studies on serial killers' brains and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, especially when they go through trauma and stuff. Like, I think not that it's an excuse, but it definitely can explain. Yeah, I think it's why they behave inappropriately yeah. Yeah, exactly. and why they can't. They can't tell the difference between what's right and what's wrong often. I suppose that's what makes them true psychopaths. That's true. It's awful. Because most of them are just really hurt little children. Yeah. Who never healed.
1: Yeah. And that's so sad. And some of them are just horrible. Well, that too. (laughs) I don't know about this guy who looked after his grandma. Mm, I know now I have a lot of questions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, if you think we're killing it at the podcast game,
0: but it'll go and rate us five stars on the podcast platform of your choice. What a segue. <laughs> what a segue. Go and follow us on Instagram at Two Humorous Nurses Podcast and send us an email with your favourite nurse killer. Uh, send send us your stories, questions, comments, just say hey. hey. Love, love a good DM from people who listen. Um, at two humorous nurses.com. Oh, it's hello at two humorous nurses.com. That's humorous like the bone. H-U-M-E-R-U-S. Bye.